Welcome into the inaugural edition of the South End Supporters Podcast, a St. Louis City SC podcast. My name is David Heck, and I am joined here by my co-host, Eric Cole, and we are thrilled to bring you a podcast, brand new podcast, focused on all things St. Louis City SC, from breaking down the match that was to the fan experience down at City Park. Eric, it's a pleasure to be doing this with you today. It's great to be here, and what an experience it was. Uh this past weekend. Yeah, we got to talk a lot about that because uh, we were split up. So the exciting thing about this podcast, I think, for, for many is that we're going to be talking a lot about the fan experience actually at City Park from our view, which is on the south end uh, side of things, right? A little bit of an opposite angle from most angles that we've been hearing. So uh, I think the great thing about the south end that we've been uh, kind of taken in so far is we see every level of fan experience we see the newbie who's never been to a soccer game before taking in their first sporting experience as well as the people that are there who've been diehard soccer fans from the get-go so which is what you are so we'll talk a little bit about uh the 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 differences between the two of us because what happened was and before we get into the actual uh in-game experience for this weekend uh we'll give a little background on ourselves so my background is in, in broadcast journalism, believe it or not. I spent about three years on the air, but I'm not a soccer guy per se, right? I became a soccer fan not too long after the STL, the MLS to STL initiative got announced and realized that we were going to have a team, and I wanted to be a part of that. Eric, you've been a soccer fan for a much, much longer time. Yeah, much longer. Uh, that's been my sport. That's what I started playing. That's what I grew up on. Uh, pretty diehard supporter of soccer for 20 plus years so when i found out we were getting a team uh through the roof excitement because i mean every team i've supported has been pretty much out of the country so to be able to have a team that i could go see a stadium that i can go sit in every weekend has been dream for me yeah and that's and that's one of the things right we talked a lot about doing a podcast and what it would be like to do a podcast and i was very interested in doing one but i cannot carry a podcast because again my background is, of course, uh, in broadcast journalism. I do love St. Louis sports and, and waxing poetically on all things St. Louis sports, of course. But I can't sit here and and carry a soccer podcast because I can't speak the language like some hardcore soccer enthusiasts out there. And to be honest with you, the fan base for soccer is so passionate and so knowledgeable that I would feel like I'd be doing them a disservice if I were to come on here and just start talking about the sport. So I need somebody like yourself uh, to drop a little bit more knowledge than what I'm capable of bringing. I'm going to try, or I'm going to fake it till I make it. That's Either one of the ways. But we're <laughs> going we're gonna to get something out there for people. That's right. That's exactly what we, we want to see. Um, so again, myself, you know, look, I'm a diehard St. Louis sports fan, and once the soccer team was announced here, I said I have to be a part of that. You and I were uh, on the wait list to get season tickets. We went down to actually tour the stadium in July of last year-ish. Yeah, I remember it was warm, uh, so I would say around that time, because I remember we were also getting a little nervous that we might have missed out. Yeah. You know, we saw a lot of people saying that they were taking the tours, and we knew... You know, we were getting the emails saying, you know, these amount of tickets might already be gone by the time you get down there. So, yeah, I would say it was it was a little bit later that we got in. We didn't have a lot to choose from. No, <laughs> no. 
Well, that's our story, right? And how we kind of got started into this. I said, look, we'll do a podcast and I'd be happy to be a part of it, but I need you uh, to help out as far as, as actually bringing some of that soccer knowledge and being able to break down games because I think that soccer fans with that knowledge and that passion can see through anyone that's not genuine. And so uh, it would just, I'd be like a, a poser on here and I don't want to be like that. Yeah, but I, I mean, at the same time, you've, you've, Fallen into it, and as, as a lot of St. Louis has, I feel like. I mean, seeing them being the first news story on a sports day when you know Cardinals are playing or Blues are playing, I think it's a big deal, especially in St. Louis. So yeah. I think as big as it was in St. Louis, uh, I mean, I think it's only growing and getting even bigger. Yeah, it really has become incredible and must must see TV for my myself. And we'll talk a little bit about what that was like on Saturday as uh, our city took on FC Cincinnati on match day eight, and, and what a match it was. Oh, uh, man, it could have been better. <laughs> well, it could have been better yeah. <laughs> for, for some of us, and I'll, we'll talk about that. So um, I was cursed, believe it or not, Eric, by the soccer gods on Saturday night because I, like about 6,000 of my, my fellow season ticket holders, decided to sell our tickets or not show up to the game because I think there was about 15,000 Little in 15, is what yeah. they announced, yeah. Um, so I, uh, I kicked the idea around most of the morning and the afternoon. We thought the storms would get really nasty, which they did. Um, but not nasty enough to cancel soccer in St. Louis Saturday night. Never. So I decided, Hey, I'm going to go ahead and, and sit this one out just for the listener at home. Uh, Eric and I have, have five season tickets in the second row of section 149, which looks opposite the supporter side again, South end supporters. So we sit opposite the North side. And uh, uh, we have five between our family, and so uh, between the, the 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 five of us, four of us did not show up for this yeah. match. Eric, yeah. you went down there solo. Yeah, I did. Uh, obviously, I knew the storm was coming. You know, everybody's talking about it, and up until you know, I think an hour or two before, I think you guys were still even kind of mulling it over because at the time it was, oh, we're gonna get some pretty heavy rain, and. My way of looking at it was I, I I figured there was going to be a delay. And so I was just more thinking, man, what time are they going to kick this off? Because as we talked about, there's been other sporting events that, you know, rain delays, they haven't started until 10 o'clock, you know, even later sometimes. So that was on my mind. I was checking the Doppler a lot of times. And then uh, somebody in our group uh, finally called and was like, hey, you know, it's it's going to get bad and i was just kind of like yeah i know and then he was kind of more along the lines of well we're talking tornadoes and hail and i was just i mean i was like well i'm i'm going because for me it's i i first season i want to be there for as much as i can take in and everything like that so i decided to go down i got down there about 5 45 gates open at six um down at city park and I was checking the Doppler like every five seconds waiting in line to get in there. And there were times where the Doppler even had it to where I was even almost optimistic, like this might miss us. It might peel off or it might be a, a short amount of time um, actually dealing with the bad weather. So I started getting optimistic and kind of almost that like, yeah, they're going to miss out on this kind of attitude and kind of really, you know, getting more uh, hopeful. And then I got in right at gates open and then maybe 
15 minutes in, I think it started to rain. I think I got a drink and just kind of started walking around the stadium just to kind of kill time. Um, and, uh, then, I, then I saw the rain and it was kind of like, all right, yeah, here it goes. And then I was actually standing up on the concourse just at the top of our section. And there was a, a guy next to me and he was with his wife and I heard him say, I think those are the tornado sirens. Now city park, it's ruckus. It's going, they're blaring music all through pregame, trying to get everybody hyped coming into the stadium. So I couldn't hear it. And also, you know, we're from Illinois. So to me, I don't know what the Missouri tornado siren sounds like. So I was just like, I think he's hearing feedback off the speakers or something like that. Cause it went about five, 10 minutes that he said that and nothing had changed. And then about the 10 minute mark, they came over the speakers and it was, we have a tornado warning here at city park. Please make your way to the nearest storm shelter. And we found out that the storm shelters are either the bathrooms or the stairwells. And unless you have club tickets and you could go in there and, and yeah. drink and then you're just eating and drinking the whole time, right. which, you know, I think that made up for the amount those people are paying for their season tickets. So I decided to opt out of the bathroom option, not knowing how long we'd be in there and the amount of beer and food that people were eating earlier. The last thing I would want to do is be stuck in that bathroom any right. longer I need to. So I went to the stairwell and I was one of the first ones in. So I was all the way down at the bottom and it was kind of weird being down there because it was silent. I mean, I was getting texts from people and they're like, it's bad out. And they're ta- describing what the storm was like. To us down there, it was silent. Everybody was just kind of conversating and everything like that. And about maybe 15, 20 minutes in, everybody's phone got the same alert, the the tornado warning alert. And so then that kind of like set in of like, what's going on out there? Because to us, it was just like, it'll blow over any minute. We'll be back up there. And uh, then the longer it goes, you start thinking, oh man, like, are they going to even do this game? And so... I'd say we were in the stairwell for about an hour, maybe. And then people started going back up. And I think the tornado warnings were kind of subsiding, but we were still under a lightning warning. So it was kind of hang out in the concourse, you know, um, but you can't go to your seats or we still don't know what time kickoff's going to be. Is there going to be a kickoff and everything like that? I'm happy that I did get it there at gate open because there were plenty of people that were just outside the gates that they cut off. So there are people just standing literally outside the gate while who knows what storm is going on. So, yeah. I think that Maggie O'Brien's and the pitch were, were pretty crowded. I imagine cybergs down there. I as imagine well. they were packed. And from what I hear they were, yeah. so there was, you couldn't even go there. And I think they were telling people not to go to their cars or yeah. maybe the people that did go to their cars, they were like, well, I'm here and I'm going to head on out. So then, the, like I said, there was the worry of uh, kind of people were talking that, oh, they're going to postpone it till tomorrow. And me not being able to go on Sunday, I was just like, I don't care if it's midnight. Let's just You're get staying. this thing. You're I'm, invested. At I that was point. there. You know, people were saying, why don't you just go home? And I was like, I've been here too. I, why am I? Yeah. I made the commitment to come here by myself anyway. I'm staying. And so you'd be sitting there and looking out and it's like, man, the rain's calming down. I think we're any minute and then you'd see a lightning strike and you would just hear this collective groan over everybody out there like because we all knew what that meant we knew it was 30 more minutes minutes. and you know even even the food trucks and everything back there were kind of like uh i was next to the farm truck and uh the owner was out there talking with a lot of fans seemed like a super cool guy and he was even like yeah you know 
business is going to be down tonight just for the sheer fact that, you know, people, we're not going to have as many people through the gate. So there was just a lot of like boredom at that point and yeah. just kind of frustrated, like not frustration, but like, oh man, this might not happen tonight. So when that announcement came over nine o'clock, we're starting gates back open nine forty nine. I didn't care if they would have said 1249. I think everybody in that stadium would have had the same let's go yeah and it was pretty incredible like listening on on tv because it didn't sound like fifteen thousand. it sounded like a full house and it, it kind of looked like a full house as well and so that was one of the things that i really took note of was what the atmosphere sounded like in there now you went and sat opposite of the south end you sat with the supporters i did night. uh it, it was i i we have a great view of the supporters section directly across the stadium for us so being a longtime fan and watching more so the European style, I wanted to take in the chance. I wanted to be there, and we get that on the south end, but I wanted to kind of see where it originates from and kind of in the north end. So I did. I was like, I'm by myself. Why not take this in? And so yeah, it was a perfect time for it. Well, I told you a little bit at the very beginning of this when we started discussing that I was I was cursed by the soccer gods, and I, the reason why is because me, like like many out there uh, who either sold their tickets or didn't have tickets and were planning on watching on Apple TV weren't able to watch on Apple TV for the (laughs) duration of that game. And so, you know, I was watching MLS 360 leading up to this and uh, was pretty amped. You know, look, I got the message, too. We're going to start at 9.50 or 9.49, whatever time it was. And about 9.30, I got logged out of my Apple TV account and... All hell broke loose. Pandemonium. I was furious. I was like, what is happening? And I'm getting notifications because the game itself, which we'll get into here very shortly, uh, was very exciting, and a lot of goals started happening. So I missed the first goal. I missed Stroud's goal, and then I missed Leuven's goal as well. Um, So I'm getting these notifications, and every time I'm like, yes, that's exciting. I'm glad they scored. (laughs) I'm so furious that I can't watch it right now. I was the opposite. I was I'm like, sure oh, you were. Yeah. Well, and they're going towards the supporters section as well. Oh, you couldn't yeah. have picked a better time to sit over there. Mm-hmm. Three goals in the first half facing the north end. Just really a great half of soccer for, for City. Um, not great for folks that were trying to watch it at home. I am curious if others had as much problems as I did. I finally did get my Apple TV subscription to work on my laptop, uh, on my MacBook, uh, it took though until Kyle Hebert's goal. So just after uh, uh, full, or I guess the 45 minute mark, uh, mm-hmm. there at halftime, um, in extra time he scored on that header, which was fantastic, a great goal. So I turned it on literally minutes before that and got to see it, and then it was fine the rest of the way. But I still didn't have it on my phone, or still wasn't able to get it on my TV. So really strange. Hopefully they get those kinks ironed out because. We're on the road next it's, week, and well, we don't want that yeah. to happen. Well, it's also wild that they're still having these kinks. I mean, you know, you've figured week eight by now, I mean, they'd have to have it. Because there's been other times that they've had little issues, it seems like, that, you know, man, they would have really put it in. But, yeah, when you text me and you were like, finally it's back on right after the goal, I was just like, man, I, I thought maybe – I was thinking since I was there, I was thinking maybe you had like a five-minute – it popped out five minutes out and then, but no, you missed majority, if not most of the first half. Yeah. Almost the entire thing. And, and, uh, you know, but again, I couldn't be happier with the results. I wish I could have seen it all. I've, I've since gone back and, and watched it. Um, but what, a, what a game it was. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit about, uh, match day eight 
and observations from it. Pat Noonan, a DeSmet grad and Baldwin native, the head coach of Cincinnati, did not have a very welcome home, uh, homecoming for him, for his squad, as City beats FC Cincinnati 5-1 to in what was never really in doubt from, what, the third minute when Jared Stroud actually netted that first. I get asked all the time where the best place is to watch City games, and the answer is always the same. It's Felix's Pizza Pub, and it's not even close. Not only can you watch every single home-and-away City game surrounded by fans, but you can do it while enjoying the best pizza in the area. Now, I like the Murphy Pie, which is chicken, wing sauce, green onions, blue cheese, and jalapeno ranch. But maybe that's not your thing. Maybe you're more of a fan of a traditional pizza. Then check out the Dogtown with Italian sausage, pepperoni, and pepper bacon. Or maybe you're like my partner Eric over here and you like a little bit of both. It doesn't matter what your tastes are because you can order any of the pizzas at Felix's by the slice. But it is no ordinary slice. Felix's offers the largest slice you are going to find anywhere in St. Louis. So mix and match. Try different pizzas just make sure to save room for their award-winning double-trashed wings in Buffalo, Jalapeno Ranch, or Thai Chili. And if you're looking for something to do during the week, head to Felix's every Tuesday night for stoned trivia to test your knowledge in the most fun bar trivia around. Even if you're not a trivia buff, you can still win great prizes, so show up at 7 and be ready to have some fun. It's Felix's Pizza Pub, located at 6401 Clayton Avenue in Dogtown, and check them out online at Felix's Dogtown. I I remember coming into this game, knowing where Cincy was and knowing kind of how they were. Uh, I told a couple people what I thought our key to the game was to get a hot start, come out flying out early. And I even kind of made a joke like, yeah, it'd be great if we got, you know, within five minutes, 10 minutes, a goal. Thinking very lofty expectations, especially since they conceded, what, four goals coming into the whole season. So, had it, hadn't, hadn't trailed, or maybe they had trailed, but they hadn't allowed a goal first. They hadn't conceded the first goal either. I mean, yeah. And they hadn't allowed a second half goal all season either. And so even you can tell, I think there were a couple things that I noticed straight out the gate. Um, a... And I think uh, uh, Bradley Carnell and then as well as a couple of the players uh, post game, I think they were even just as shocked as I'm sure, you know, probably maybe even since he was when they come out, how many fans were still there. Uh, Multiple players have commented on like we were I mean, that's got to light you up when you have a two hour plus delay and you're thinking, oh, man, now we're going to come out to a maybe an empty stadium. But you come out to that and we've seen how City Park gets rowdy as it is. And then. The other thing Carnell said is they kept good spirits. They were playing games and watching other games throughout the uh, throughout the league and stuff like that. So I felt like when they came out, you kind of saw a little bit of that. You saw that they were more ready. And um, the one of the biggest things that I also noticed kind of early on was this was probably the most – I don't know if this was by design, but it, it seemed like this was the most physical we came out as far as, you know, coaches kind of say, you know, let them know you're there early. And it felt like we did that. We, I, I felt like, you know, Stroud's always that, that dude who's just kind of like, I feel like, I feel like every other team in the league he's hates that, Jared Stroud. He's that guy you love if you, ha- you have him, but you 
Oh man, I, I love the guy. Eight if you don't have him. But but the physicality I think went on both sides. So that's that's one of the things. Like I felt like kind of style was matching style there a little bit. Um, now, granted, again, I don't know soccer like you or probably a lot of the people that would listen to this as well. But uh, even early on, like right after Stroud's goal, um, Barriel for for Cincinnati made a terrible foul, I thought, on Rasmus Alm, which set up a, a Leuven free kick. And uh, the ball was ended up being being headed out of bounds on an STL throw in. But that actually that that foul set up that goal for Stroud is what it was. Yeah, I think early on it was a little chippy and then it almost seemed like we had them rattled. Um, it just seemed like they were they were making dumb mistakes early kind of throughout the whole game. It just seemed like we just got in their head early. Yeah, and, Cincinnati seemed overly frustrated, especially after the goal started happening. Yes. Um, and then when uh, Nwobodo, their their designated player, midfielder, um, he ended up getting injured on a tackle on Leuven. That was, again, the frustration really seemed to set in there as well. They had a couple of cards, a couple of yellow cards that came after that. And it just seemed like foul, unnecessary foul after unnecessary foul that kept putting City in positions to uh, have free free kicks in in their third yeah it was uh i mean when you're not getting those calls that you feel you should be getting i mean it does throw you off your game and you know any little touch after that you're thinking why is he getting this but not me and i think we played into it i think we could see it was happening and there was a lot more talking than i think i've seen between our players kind of john at the other team and it was i mean stroud does it every time but you know other players too it's kind of we were letting them know that we're there yeah, and I want to talk about Stroud's goal and talk about some of the things that happened during the match itself. But that first goal by Jared Stroud was was really a thing of beauty, and and he's a guy that, like we kind of talked about, is he's chippy, and and I'm sure that that supporters of other teams and probably the players on the other teams really can't stand playing against him. But one thing that he did was find himself wide open, like yeah. nobody was marking him at all, and hit the most perfect ball you could ever imagine. Well, that's the thing. I think the big key on his goal was is he he put it, he put his laces through it. That was a goal where if he hesitates even for a split second, I mean, that defender was right there as it was, coming out to take away the angle for him. So the fact that he went into that 100% and just put his full laces through it, I mean, that's why it was a goal. And credit to him keeping it low and everything. Yeah, and, and it goes back to that, that free kick that Leuven took there. Um, the the foul itself was on on Barriel from uh, from Cincinnati, and if he doesn't foul Rasmus Alm there, the ball goes out of bounds, and it's a St. Louis throw. And it was a pretty silly foul. It was I a mean, very was silly un- foul. Super aggressive. It was unnecessary. I mean, just pushed him from behind. Essentially. Again, I think I think it was you know I felt like we were in their head a little bit, and that was so time. early on in the game, and it just got worse from there for Cincinnati, and and that's really where it started to get exciting because hey, that first goal happened. The thing that I noticed so much and loved so much after that first goal went in by Jared Stroud is that immediately following the goal, they're back on the press. Uh, yeah, and uh, Stroud was leading that thing. I no, I love that too, um, especially when you know. Um, you're coming up against a, a, a tough opponent. I hate when teams get into that mindset, and especially that early on, where all right, we got a we got a goal. Let's just let's just sit back and protect that. That's not our style. We we keep the press on, and the reason I think our press is so successful is because we do it as a team and a unit. Where the press can get a little off is if the whole team isn't committed to it, and you saw that with us the whole night, just pressing, putting in on tackles. I mean. 
I, we just kept it on him the whole time. Yeah, I think with the press, like it definitely leads to goals for sure, and that's why I think that you've seen so many goals scored, which is definitely the the focus area for people when they see City and they read about City. They automatically think offense, but in order to have a pressing style that works like that, the defense has to be very good as well, I would imagine. And one of the things that I noticed was just how many tackles this team gets. Mm -hmm. And most of that, look, there's going to be counterattacking opportunities. Most of the goals given up, I feel like this year by city have been on counterattacks due to that pressing style. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, more times than not, Tim Parker and John Nelson Kyle Hebert, you name it, on the back line, they're stopping it. Yeah, and it, it, it's just all as a unit. And um, I feel like, you know, those guys also feel like they have something to prove, you know, especially Nelson that night playing against his former team in Cincinnati. You know, he said coming into the game, I want to beat these guys and I want to beat them bad. Like you he could, played great. I think anytime you're coming up against, you know, your former team and especially the way they kind of maybe let them go, you want to show them, like, what you're missing. And – He's been playing great for us all season, but, I mean, yeah, he played great that night. And, really, I credit that second goal to that run that he made down the line. He, from my angle, I was directly in front of it, and there was just no stopping him at that point. Even on the 50-50, touch got away from him just a little bit, but he stuck with it. And I couldn't tell, but I think he got the meg on that quick cut on the second defender and then played the ball into Giacchini, took the shot, bounced back out. Leuven stayed over top of it. Great finish. And I was really glad to see Leuven get his goal. You could tell he wanted one all night. His free kicks were so close leading up to that. He was taking shots all night. And you could just see this almost like relief when he got that goal. And then to go back to Nelson, I feel like a lot of times when you see players celebrate their goals, if the first person they look at to is the person who created it, it just goes to show and the first person he was looking to was Nelson. And I think it's credit to Nelson on that run. It was an incredible run. And again, that, that is what I, I jotted that down in my notes. It's like we were, we were in each other's head there. But that's exactly yeah. what I thought as well. The great run by Nelson and the great goal by Leuven, who ultimately became man of the match. Now, I want to talk about that a little bit before we get into the third goal. And then the fourth and fifth, we, we start to break down the, the game further. But Leuven won man of the match. And I feel like he's a like a perennial man-of-the-match contender and a guy that's certainly been in, in consideration for it before. Um, also was part of the uh, the team of the match day as well with mm-hmm. Jared Stroud, correct? Yep. Um, the Leuven man-of-the-match, I look, I don't think you could go wrong there, but I think there are other guys that could have won it as well. And, and I think that's when you score five goals, which, by the way, if you had the five-to-one uh, city win on your bingo card <laughs> with, without a Klaus goal, then more power to you. And... I mean, let's talk about it. You know, one of the we had five goals and not one was from our leading scorer. And but that doesn't say that Klaus didn't do an amazing job that night. The big thing I noticed throughout the game was it looked like Cincy's game plan for their two center backs was just to to shut Klaus down. They really just followed him everywhere, not necessarily man marking, but I think going into it, their game plan almost seemed like we're just, you know, everything comes up to Klaus. We're just going to shut him down. And Klaus is just so good at holding up the ball and laying it off that even still with that defending, I think the reason we got those five goals and from five different players was he was able to free up other people on those runs. And he just, he just has that hold up play so good that I felt like it, it, 
it left i mean who would have thought you know 5-1 and yeah klaus isn't on the score sheet well i mean so many different people have scored goals for city what is it eight or nine different and i think that's why we're being so successful you know sometimes these mls teams they rely on that one designated player that they buy to get them goals and when that isn't happening for them you see them maybe not be as successful whereas for us yeah eight nine players have scored for us now and I, I think that's great for any time you have that for your team. Yeah, and and and, and I agree. And, and it, look, it's not just a one-dimensional offense. It's it's something that even defenders are getting involved in. I mean, shoot, the first goal of the season was scored by Tim. Parker, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's again, it, who had that on their bingo? Right, right. It's it's uh, it, who and who had who had a team? You know, a brand new expansion team going six and two in their first eight matches. Right. No, I mean. I wanted to be as optimistic as I could with this team, but I was also realistic. And I remember each game we had, you know, it was like after four games, I was like, if we were two and two right now, I'd be pretty stoked. Right. And then even at five games, I was like, Hey, I'm trying to be realistic. And it was, it was tough. Like seeing this team and seeing what they're doing and seeing what they've built, not get a little more excited after each game and be like, Oh man, we're, we're good. And then it's just watching it live. I mean, taking it in even live I, I think it really brings out how good we do work as a unit well the skill is, is certainly visible when you're watching it live there's no doubt about that and the game itself I mean the, the TV product has been really good for the most part when it when it works but when you're there at City Park there's there's really nothing like it um, and and you know again being able to see it like that and and watch these guys work together. We have a very unique view as well, uh, similar to what you would get on the north end, but being able to see plays develop that you can't see um, if you're in the middle of the field, right? You have the opportunity to see that kind of happen. When you mentioned the run that John Nelson made, you could sort of see that play develop like that, which, again, gives it a little bit of a unique perspective that way. Hey, if you're a coffee lover like me, then you've got to try some of the best local coffee there is from Postal Coffee. Will over at Postal Coffee is super passionate about his roasting process, and it really shows in every bag. Every small batch is made to order from small visited sustainable farms, so you really get that great flavor and get that care in every order. Also, 20% of all profit goes to veteran suicide prevention. So not only are you getting a great tasting product, but you're supporting a great cause as well. And if you use the code SOUTHEND at checkout, you'll receive 15% off your entire first order. Nothing goes better to start your day than a new episode of Southend Supporters and a cup of Postal Coffee. So check them out on their Instagram at Postal Coffee Co. and check out their website at PostalCoffeeCo.com. Oh, yeah. And I mean fouls and everything like that it i mean you see it from tv sometimes and there's times you'll be watching it on tv and you're you're thinking that oh, man that wasn't even close and then you watch that replay i mean we got a close-up replay because i mean especially when they're down in our corner or attacking our goal you really get to see everything you mentioned the the free kick that Leuven made it was about the 24 minute mark fantastic strike and you thought it went in i thought it went in watching it on television the the stadium thought it went in cuz they <laughs> set the smoke alarm or the oh, smoke off they so did. this is so this this is why they ran out of smoke then it sounds yeah, like apparently, so, so i mean two things shocking about that story that i heard um that the the stadium did run out of smoke for the cannons and the i corners. hope that's true just for one for look this team leads the league in goals scored you got to have more smoke i 
I agree. And two, I am shocked that the supporters are responsible for shooting the smoke <laughs> off. And they, did you, I, I heard this. I didn't know this. I, so, that's what I, I read this, that the supporters were, were, were actually putting the smoke off. In now, I have heard other people say that they felt like the supporters were the, the only ones who did think of it. But, for, man, from my angle, it looked like he just tucked that in the near post. And he was just getting closer and closer with those free kicks. And he's known for his uh, free kick ability. One so things, you wouldn't put it past him to have gotten that one of the things we talked about i believe the first match at home against charlotte was that very thing was hey we got to learn these players oh but edward leuven is a great uh free kicker he's fantastic on the ball yeah fantastic on it so we won man of the match you mm -hmm. like the call um you think that kyle hebert also could have got a nod i'm curious maybe talk through it a little bit so here's the thing with hebert um they have him listed down as six foot but they have giacchini listed down as 511 and i think giacchini stands over him and i'm not taking it he was just he was just fighting for yeah. ev every every head ball he's battling a guy that's taller than him and he won most of them i mean every free kick he is just he puts in the grunt work he's that defender that you want he's not going to be flashy with a lot of his stuff but he's going to get your results and you could just tell he works hard and so watching him Last night, defend. I was just, I mean, and then getting a goal, and it's funny, you know, after his first goal, they say he misses those all the time in practice, but that header was great. I mean, great cross in. Stroud, I think, put it in again, you know, again, where you could give the nod to even Stroud because he had a great game as well. But, I mean, that glancing header, I mean, it was just great. And to watch his work rate the whole night and the defensive shift that he put in, I mean, there's even a call for him. I think he was an option for the man of the match, but – you know, I, I thought he had a great game. Yeah, I, I like Stroud. I like Stroud because the first goal was was so incredible. I thought it was struck just brilliantly. Um, and then I and then I also like that cross that he played to Hebert on the header. The other guy that I think could have got a nod, especially if it wasn't technically counted as an own goal, yeah. was, was Rasmus Alm because Rasmus Alm. I mean that that strike that he had that ultimately led to the fifth goal scored was brilliant. The touch that he had. On, on the ball to set up Joe Keeney's goal was incredible. It was fantastic. I mean, he put in a great shift all night. He uh, Again, the speed down the wing. I mean, great work ethic all night. And, I mean, he just worked great off of Klaus and the runs he was making. In a, he just – that touch, though, I mean, to take that from the outside of the foot the way he did and the delicate touch that he had to, to just lead Giacchini on a goal. And then also credit to Giacchini. I mean, I know it's – I know it's a breakaway and, you know, everybody to the eye thinks that, oh, this should be a gimme, but goalie's coming out. He's taking away that angle. He still has to finish it. And, you know, that goes back to a lot of these, you know, oh, we've been gifted a lot of goals from the pass back uh, from defenders and everything like that. But at the end of the day, you still have to finish those and not all breakaways are gimmies. So, you know, again, credit to Giacchini for putting it away and getting that, uh, paper field goal celebration that he does with Klaus. I mean, seeing the connection that those two are getting up tops, exciting to see as well. And again, I know, you know, Klaus wasn't on the goal sheet, but I think him and Giacchini working together last night worked well for us. Yeah, we skipped ahead a little bit, but we had to touch on on that situation there with Rasmus Allman and how good he played and how deserving of, he, of, of man of the match potentially he could have been as well. But uh, before that happened and, and getting into the third goal now, uh, things started to get really, really chippy at this point. Uh, down to Cincinnati hasn't been trailing uh, really at all all season. 
They've had, what was it, three clean sheets in a row, beating teams one to nothing pretty regularly, it seemed like at this point. And now they, they trail by two at, at City Park against a team that's just been relentless in a first half. A lot of hard fouls started to happen uh, at this point, and the game started to get a little bit chippier. Uh, a yellow card, Santos got booked at the 42-minute mark for Cincinnati as well. But then ultimately, in extra time there in the first half, we had the goal set up, um, which was a, a set piece, again, by Leuven, served mm-hmm. in. Klaus had a, a touch on it. But the interesting thing about the cross itself was it reminded me a little bit of the goal that Stroud uh, scored because he was wide open again. So I don't know whose job it was to, to, to mark this guy, but he failed miserably because Stroud ended up wide open and then put the beautiful cross in to, to Hebert. And I think that the probably with experience that came from that for Stroud that made that goal happen was he didn't, he didn't dilly dally with the ball. I think he, he looped it back around and then it was a, a first time cross across. And I think that's why Hebert was also open in the middle was, you know, they're thinking, Oh, he's, he's going to bring it back out. We'll get to clear our lines. We'll get our defense line up, um, pull them up as well. And the fact that he put that ball in early, I think, is what made that goal. There wasn't any dilling in the corner. He didn't play it back, which I think they thought he was going to do. He just brought it back a little bit, created himself some space, and whipped it in first time, and it was a great ball in. Now, we talked about Klaus, right? Klaus didn't score, but Klaus also gets assists. Klaus is a great passer. We've seen the back heels a lot that have resulted in, in setting up his teammates for goals this season. And we were seeing that that night, too. The more the game went on, the, the confidence with Klaus, with the flicks, and you started seeing that Brazilian style come out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, I think we've, we've, seen it. we've seen it all year. But he, he headed the ball uh, to Stroud. on, and, and this is where I think my knowledge of, of the game – uh, I need a little bit of a little bit of help here because look, it was it seems chaotic on set pieces to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like a lot of things can happen. The ball can can bounce around and sort of ricochet around until somebody gets some sort of a of a shot off. And a lot of times those shots are blocked because everybody's congested and they're kind of parking the bus there in the middle. And then that can result in some sort of another volley or another chance. But Klaus headed it almost perfectly to where Stroud was at. Do you think that was by design? I mean, is he able to do that in that moment? I mean, they say Brazilians, you know, they play with heads in the back of their head or eyes in the back of their head. I don't think it was he. I think he knew, look, when there is a cross in like that and you know, you know, I'm not getting this on frame. A lot of times your thought is where can I get this to my teammate who maybe can get it on frame? If it's a little high, you're looking to maybe head it back across. But that one was a little bit higher for even him. So the flick on, he knew his, he probably knew Stroud was back there playing the backdoor run. So maybe that was his best option to get another ball and across. So, I mean, he's just, again, like a lot of these, all our players, I mean, he's, he's given it everything for those 50-50 balls. And I think, again, where we are very successful on this press is winning those second balls, not just the first ball. We're in for the second one. And, you know, that was the second ball on. And so – yeah, I mean, to be able to just even keep the ball play alive, credit to him. Yeah, and I, I want to make sure he gets credit too because, again, he, he, he is the number nine and he is the guy you expect to to score goals, but he's not he, – he doesn't have to score goals for, for this team to win, and, and that's what's really, really nice about what they have talent-wise. I think and, he's high in leading in the league and just chances created. Yeah. Or goal contributions, one of those two. So, I mean, even if he's not scoring, he's a part of the goals. And well, not only that, he almost plays box-to-box. And, and he does, he gets back and defends. You saw it a lot of times where – and, again, that's where the pressing style 
can be successful is if you're doing it as a unit. Maybe he sees, you know, a winger make a run and isn't tracking, able to track back. And so he will put in that grunt work. And that's what you want to see from anybody on the field. But especially if your forwards are getting back and helping you defend, that's just that's just going to spark you up to realize, well, if he's getting back, I got to get back. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, he's definitely a leader out there. He may not be the captain or the vice captain, but he is somebody that, that certainly does that. Now, a lot to cheer about in the first half. Three goals, as we talked about, and we'll get into the second half. But there was something to boo around the uh, <laughs> yeah. the end of the first half, correct? Uh, they, they decided to shut off uh, yeah. liquor sales at this point. It was wild because I, I don't know if it was like the PTSD or what, but they came over to excuse me, City Park, and it was just like, oh, no, is there lightning? What's going on now? And, yeah, for some St. Louisans, it was even worse. It was we're stopping beer sales at the end of uh, – at the end of the half and man i mean i've heard boos throughout that stadium but even with fifteen thousand plus i think that was the loudest boo i've heard since going to city park was was that and while you know i'm not i'm with some of those people and it was a uh, a bummer there were a few people there that i was like yeah Probably cut, cut them off. This is a good call. This is the right call. <laughs> it is. It is. I mean, look, uh, maybe for the, the the one or two people there that were, uh, were, were, were getting after it a little bit too much, maybe it ruined the fun for everybody. But, <laughs> but I mean, look, it's probably the smart move. People were down there drinking for hours and hours well, and Well, and hours. at that point, too, it's what? Almost 10 o'clock? Yeah. I mean, you got to think if, oh, it's if you... Oh, after 10 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you keep that going, you know, another right. half of drinking like that. And, I mean, we're winning. Who doesn't want to keep drinking when you're... So I mean, dominating. So, so I've never, I've never left my seat in the second half. I've never left my seat in uh, during play before. I've only left uh, during halftime. So, pardon my ignorance, but when do they usually cut off beer sales at City Park? I don't think they do. Really, I think because game times where it normally starts. I think, I, I, to my knowledge, I think it's just yeah. I mean, as long as as long as. That clock's going. I think. I think it's your beer clock. I don't think it's just the game clock. I think it's your beer clock. God, it's a great sport yeah. for on, on so many levels. Um, before we go into the second half, then we'll talk a little bit about uh, the, the, the fan experience. You know, you obviously you sat on the north end this time. Um, one of the things that is so unique about City Park is all of the local food vendors that exist down there. Um, and, and you, you name it, whatever you want, you can get, and you're not getting some, you know, cheap ballpark food, uh, that's been sitting around or, you know, roller hot dogs or pretzels that are hanging in a window forever. You're getting good stuff. Right. And so, uh, we've talked a little bit about some of the food options you and I have, uh, obviously offline to this point. Um, but I think that's a big part of the match day experience. So, uh, two weeks ago when, uh, whenever we played, uh, was it Minnesota at home? Um, you had that that beast pulled pork sandwich. I did. Or sorry, the the pork steak sandwich. It was. I did. Uh, what what was on the menu last night? So last night I went back to my opening day uh, option just because I got this during the delay. Uh, actually, wasn't planning on eating that night, but obviously in the delay, you're like, I, I gotta eat something. So I went back to the original, which is uh, the farm truck burger farm truck is just at the top of our section so it was a convenient option so i mean you can't go wrong with it Uh, they describe it as a missouri beef burger topped with smoked bacon cheddar cheese hydroponic lettuce tomato crispy fried onions and house-made pickles served on a vitale's egg bun i only have one experience with hydroponics and it's not lettuce (laughs) it's green i'm not not, i'm not gonna lie the first time i read the description 
I think I looked at you and I was like, there can't be it. Yeah. No, I mean, be, hey, <laughs> I mean, it just got legalized, but they can't be selling anything hydroponic in the park, mean, right? You want to talk about taking a game in, what right. a way to do it. And I don't know what that really is, but I will say this. It does keep it crisp. The lettuce is crisp. Nothing's worse, I think, than when you do get like any sort of, you know, ballpark food that's maybe been sitting around for a little while and you get the soggy veggies and all that type of stuff. So it stays crisp and it's a great burger. It does come with uh, chips that you can get. Um, you can also get tomato or pickle. They put them on the side. You can add them yourself, but yeah, great option to have. And I've had it twice now. So, I mean, that speaks for that. Yeah. And that's one of the things, right? Like th- these are, these are local vendors that are in city park and, uh, and some of them like Steve's hot dogs, which we had on week one, uh, which was great. I used to go to his location on the hill and then and then it shut down at one point and then kind of got revitalized again and people uh, basically supported him and, and got him back uh, opened up because they loved it so much. And of, of course, he's the lead singer of The Urge and he's a St. Louisan. And now he's not only in City Park, but he's also in the Dome for Battlehawks games. And it's been really incredible to watch that grow. So I think it's important to discuss some of these local vendors on this show, too. Um, just so, you know, that you kind of get the word out about them. If you're at City Park, there are so many great food options, like we said, with Steve's and, and I mentioned Beast with the, the pork steak sandwich that you had a couple of weeks ago. And, and now twice you've gone back to Farm Truck, which is great. Um, but it doesn't stop there. So what we'd like to be able to do is just you know, talk a little bit about that, right? And, and, and kind of get the word out about some of these spots weekly on this I thing. forgot which, which hot dog did you get from Steve? The St. Louis dog. And it had okay. bacon and all kinds of stuff on it. It was very good. They got a lot of great looking hot dogs. And if, if you're curious, they do have a plain one. We, yeah, we found that well, out. They do have a plain, yeah. they do have a plain one. Uh, one of these days, I'm going to get over to to Balkan Treat Box. That's kind of next on my on my list, um, which which shares a, a space really right next door to to Steve's. One of the unique thing about that place is that both Steve's and Balkan Treat Box open up to Lufus Plaza, so you can get food there. Before, um, unfortunately, the last time I was there uh, for the Minnesota match, the app was down and That's they right. weren't doing call ahead orders, and the line was really long. So I ended up going over to Mayo Ketchup. Mayo ketchup is a great spot as well, and that is one that is a lot quicker than some of these others. So you'll see these little stands that kind of are set up around the stadium on the concourses there too, and that was one of those. They had Cuban sandwiches that were pre-made, but they were very good, uh, and empanadas. So really nice place there. Again, so check out the local spots inside of City Park when you're down there uh, and really utilize that to, to take in that full match day experience. So and I think that's another reason uh, – it's great to get there at gates open is you have that time to where you can, before the players even come out and warm up, take a stroll around the park, take the whole park in. It's a brand new park. I mean, we took the tour and we went, when we took the tour, there was a lot that wasn't done. So even the first time we went, I mean, that was a new park to us. And so taking a stroll around, I mean, you never even know what you're in the mood for. And the great thing about it is they've got you covered for almost anything you are in the mood for. Yeah, I've been in there to see three three games already, and I, I haven't even seen probably half that stadium. I feel like we walked around it a little <laughs> yeah. bit for the last one, but for the most part, and there's a whole other level, right? We're on we're on the first I level. Still there's a whole other level. level. I've been up there briefly, but but didn't really get a chance to see much of it. So you know the the, the fan experience there. That was one of the things that they talked a lot about whenever whenever building the stadium, whenever the ownership group came in to take over. They really wanted to 
to, to make that a, a thing, right? This is a destination. This is not, you're just not coming in to watch a soccer game. You're there to take everything in. And they, they could not have done a better job with it. I, I mean, I'm telling you, and I've been to a lot of stadiums, mostly baseball stadiums, but been to a couple other football stadiums, been to some arenas to watch basketball and hockey. Um, this is as good as any venue I've been to. Yeah, I mean, same. Uh, it's just, I mean, you just, you're not getting the, the, same old boring experience. Like you said, with the food options, it's nice knowing that you're not just your only options for the night are, you know, stale hot dogs or cold nachos and cheese or whatever it is. I mean, you have plenty of options and that just makes it even greater. But then the entertainment before the game, I mean, yeah. So beer sales cut off there at the end of the first half, which which caused some booze. Uh, no, no, no pun intended. There, I did right? love how many people that were making friends that they didn't even know that were already in the beer line because they realized <laughs> they weren't making it in that beer line by second half. Exactly. So it's just, Hey, you, I'll give you five bucks. If you on top of my beer, if you just grab me one while you're there, there you go. Load up for that second half. And what a second half it was, uh, because 15 seconds into this thing, the press started and we got a corner immediately. They're downfield and pressing Cincinnati and already trying to generate offense uh, for this second half. Yeah, it, it started out, I was, I was honestly a little worried because we did come out, and while we kept the press, um, there were just I, I was almost worried that uh, let's not come out thinking we've already got this in the bag. You know, we've got a full 45 still to play. I was hoping they'd come out, and they did. They came out still pressing. Um, it took a minute uh, for passes to kind of get going and connect, but then, yeah, once we got the goal again it was just same as the first half we were off and running yeah and and it didn't take too much longer after that in the 53 mark the 53 minute mark that great ball by nelson that we talked about and the amazing touch by alm uh and then the good finish there by giacchini that, yeah. that resulted in goal number four yeah. so i know we talked a lot about it but um again at that point it was just icing on the cake i mean you don't feel like cincinnati's going to come from behind in a, in a three in a three nil game especially a team that I mean, let's face it, like they, they do play good defense, of course, coming into it, but they haven't scored a lot of goals. No, and honestly, really after the fourth goal, maybe there was still a little bit of, you know, hope or fire that they had coming out in the second half. But after that fourth goal, you really just kind of saw them give in. Um, I think one of the things I noticed was, you know, the chippiness kept going and, you know, that's just a sign of frustration in my eyes. I think even... I saw one of their defenders flopping, looking for a call. And I think when you see these tough uh, center backs flopping for a call, you're like, oh, you're desperate now. You're really looking to get anything. We're in your head. Yeah, and uh, I believe that that actually resulted into uh, the Santos yellow card. I think that's what that was. There was a bit of a flop there uh, on Tim Parker, and, uh, and, and Parker said he didn't touch him. And then you didn't really see this off camera or was off camera, you couldn't see it on the broadcast, uh, but Santos was yelling and yelling and yelling at the referee and then all of a sudden got the yellow. I would love to know what all is said. I mean, the patience on the ref, I feel like they have to somewhat not be saying too much to let it go on for that long, but I would love to know what is being said. I mean, you have to know. You just have to know, like, you got to let it go at some point. And yeah. I think even their captain was coming over and just being, like, trying to encourage, like, he saw the writing on the wall, what was going to happen, and... You know, I guess if if you're just frustrated from the night, it's hard to hold back that frustration. Yeah, and that's again, I think that's the word of the of the night, perhaps, is frustration on the part of Cincinnati. Uh, there's a lot of, of of fun adjectives that you could say on the St. Louis City side 
But for Cincinnati, it was a major, major frustration not being able to get anything going until the very end. Look, uh, it got a little sloppy towards the end. We did allow a goal. It was kind of you, – you just – I don't know if we just, yeah, let off the gas a little bit. You started seeing distribution passes, you know, even from Berkey, which is very yeah. uncharacteristic from him. Um, and then it was just, you know, a lot of uh, lazy passes, just giveaways and stuff like that. And then, yeah, on the goal, again, kind of like we touched on earlier, you know, with the press, you are a little more susceptible to the counterattack. And, you know, Isaac Jensen, he came in, and he's a young guy still, and I – there was a decision he had on the ball. He maybe took a little long to make that decision, lost out on it. And then, yeah, on the counterattack goal, um, tried getting back. It was, I mean, just a slot across the box and a little tap in. So Before the tap in, though, and some of the bad passes, we, we did have the fifth goal, which was an own goal um, that, that that went off of, uh, of Celentano. Which um, is so, I, I understand it, but it was a man, pill. It Dude, was it was a, a pill. It was a rope. And, I mean... It's he's probably happy that it. I think it hit his gloves because if that thing would have bounced off, it almost looked like it hit him in the face. I yeah. mean, I think he, I think he might be feeling that. Talk about he, insult to injury. <laughs> I mean, you get an own goal plus a smack to the face off of that. And yeah, yeah. Again, like we also talked about, I thought Alm deserved that goal. I mean, he was playing great all night, and yeah, ball came out to him, and he just had time. And I remember sitting back in the supporter section, section, just saying, "Have one." Yeah, and you know. He did. So. Yeah, God, and that right there would have been worth the the uh, the admission for me being on that end and seeing not only the touch on the Giochini goal, but then also that one that he scored would have been facing the South End. Both. I of those. thought about. I I, <laughs> I I I should have like in the second half just went back down just to our end over, because yeah. the way the goals were going, well. it was like yeah, I should have just went back and just been like oh yeah hey and uh, yeah I th- I thought about that too. I was like man, I'm sure that. And I'm sure maybe from our angle when we got it back there, I'd have probably been like, what are you doing? You're so far out. But then, man, he hit it clear. And to have a great game the way he did also coming back from injury, you know, I know it was just there wasn't really anything really structurally wrong, I think Carnell said. But, you know, this early in the season, you never want to risk it too much, um, especially with the knee and everything like that. So glad to see him get back into the starting lineup. And I think he proved that he deserved that start. So, a 5-1 win over Cincinnati after a two-game skid. And look, nobody expected City to go 34-0. We're going to have yeah. hiccups along the way, right? To not lose this game uh, is is huge. To come away with a win and not have a three-game skid, that would have been really tough because this is a really tough stretch of games. It gets a little bit easier moving forward. Yeah, But these three are difficult. And coming away with this win, not just the win, but the way in which that win happened, Cincinnati was... Uh, they were leading the supporters shield coming into this match had they were. won yeah were yes had they won would have would have had it solidified for another week at this point um but they beat seattle they beat Phil- and i get philadelphia not the same team they were last year but they won they're the they're coming east. on they're starting to come on a little bit well uh, yeah they, they they and they won the east last year yeah uh seattle we know is very good mm-hmm. so the cincinnati team they have to be for real which then makes city that much more for real perhaps it was great to finally get that that win of oh we're not just playing easy people you know it was kind of getting annoying hearing that you know because you know you you look at some of these teams and they've turned their seasons around a little bit uh but yeah coming into Cincy and that that tough stretch of games we were having I remember even thinking like man if being trying to be again a realistic on it i was saying if we could get three or four points out of this tough stretch i mean you almost got to look at that 
as a, a decent, you know, outing. So when we went 0 for 2 on the first point, I was just like, oh, man. And then, you know, knowing since he was coming in and how good their defense was, I mean, again, I, I think I had it as maybe 1-1 on my uh, app prediction before the game. Never would have thought we would have put, you know, 5-1 on them. And I think I think that was part of their frustration, too, was they didn't think so either. So to have a good team like Cincinnati come in and just show that this performance, you know, I hope we we carry this momentum now. And, you know, I, I but at the same time, I like the underdog, the chip on the shoulder uh, that we kind of have been playing with all year. So I kind of hope the media keeps thinking that, oh, we're waiting for St. Louis to because every game they come out with this attitude. And I think Carnell said uh, either post game or pregame, you know, we don't look at other teams. We look at ourselves. So he sees what they have in there and he knows that we have the talent to hang with anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And as an avid sports better, I also hope that we continue to be underdogs as well because the payoff is so much better. Did I see, by the way, that we are considered the under our underdogs against Colorado going into next I week? haven't looked at the line yet. That's that's interesting if that's the case. And I want to spend a couple of minutes on that before we, we wrap up because, uh, look, not every soccer fan in St. Louis is going to share this passionate hate that I have for all things Kroenke <laughs> uh, sports group. Uh, but I hate Stan Kroenke and uh, and all the things that he owns and touches. And that goes from the Avalanche to Arsenal to, of course, the Los Angeles Rams, which, I mean, legit ripped my heart out, right, when when that happened, when they moved uh, to, to L.A. Uh, and he's he owns the Colorado Rapids. So to go in and get a win in Colorado, I hope it's six to nothing. I hope we just absolutely beat the hell out of that team. And, you know, honestly, look, they're 11th in the West. They have seven points. Um, they don't score a lot of goals at all. I think they got five. Five total, and their first they didn't score one in their first three matches. So, look, it's a it's a bad offense. It's a bad team. I don't even want to talk a lot about them. I cannot wait for next week to break this down and, and just and just talk about how bad <laughs> City made them look. And I hope I'm not going to eat my words, yeah. but I hope it's brutal. Uh, my, I really do. My only thought that they could have as far as putting us under underdogs going into this game is they're trying to, you know, put the elevation into – you know, play, but we proved in Salt Lake that Salt Lake's about a thousand, about a thousand feet less, but still at elevation. Yes. So, I mean, I know we're away, but her, I mean, we've been great on the road. And so, yeah, I, I, I would like to think that we can go in there, ride this momentum. Um, and the other thing that, you know, I think the more that these guys play together, you got to realize a lot of these guys are, they're strangers to each other, you know? So, I mean, this isn't just a new team for one person. This is a new team for, you know, 23. So, I mean, the more that these guys get time together, the more they realize how they play, I, I hope that we just keep getting better. And so going into Colorado, I'd like to see us carry this momentum and, yeah, take it to them. Yeah, and I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be a, a fun stretch here. We've got Colorado. We've got Chicago coming up. And, and again, it, it seems like the schedule starts to, to soften just a bit, which – which will be nice because, look, the Minnesotas, the, the Seattles, and even Cincinnati, um, it, it definitely on paper anyway it looks like the, the matches are going to, to be a little bit less uh, competitively than what we've seen. Of course, what we've seen as well. I mean, look, this Colorado team had a draw with LAFC. That's, so anything the, can that's the other thing you got to take into consideration. Um, yeah, they drew what you know ESPN and I think uh, MLS still both consider the power rankings number one team in the league, LAFC, and – you know, so 
they held them to a I think it was a scoreless draw. So I mean, maybe that you know their game plan was then to pack it in and just try and get out with any sort of result they can. I mean, they have to be seeing what we just did to Cincinnati and maybe be thinking the same thing. They, so they probably are because yeah. I I don't think that just looking at this they don't have the offensive firepower to keep up. And so uh, if they don't pack it in, if they don't park the bus and just completely try and shut down uh, us offensively, you know, they're probably not making it out of there with any points. But they pack it in, you know, you could pack it in, but you're just inviting that pressure. And we already play teams with pressure, and that's where we get a lot of our goals is coming off that pressure, making you, forcing you to make mistakes. So, I mean, if they want to run that, that game plan, best of luck to them because I hope we keep that – pressure and force those mistakes so yeah well i'm looking forward to talking about it the, the idea behind this podcast south and supporters is to come out with uh new content weekly um should drop on wednesday i'd like to be able to do this um at, at some point after the uh, the uh rankings come out the power rankings come out but unfortunately i think that happens on tuesday we're recording on monday so we're going to miss that uh we'll definitely yeah, break it's... that down though the the week after um, so again, we're going to try and get this content out, uh, to you all on Wednesdays. Power rankings for ESPN just came out. Okay. Did they? I think the MLS one comes out on Tuesday. We are up to third, third, That's third. exciting. We got LAFC at one, <laughs> Seattle Sounders at two and St. Louis city SC at three City's aggressive style is a bit of a boom or bust nature to it. It was one hell of a boom as they smashed since he's defense that previously looked unsmashable. Where did they drop to Cincinnati down to five? Yeah. And and I think that's fair, right? I think I think Seattle and LAFC being ahead of, of St. Louis at this point makes sense. Um, shows you how tough this West will be. Yeah. But uh, but but exciting that that we're getting that that credit and that uh, you know being recognized as one of the top squads in, in the whole league. Yeah, it's it's definitely nice seeing the difference from early in the season where you know these guys are just here to play with everybody, and now being. Oh, these guys are for real, and so it's not just a gimme game. It's it's a. I mean, since he saw it, it's a it's a game. Yeah. Well, it's been great talking to you. It's any, been great breaking this thing down. Any predictions for next predictions week? for 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 Colorado? Yeah, I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say four to one. Oh, I'm gonna go three one. Three one. I think I'm greedy. I'll, I'll be nice and give him that that extra goal for the home field advantage. But I th I think we we ride this momentum and take it to him and put three in. Yeah, I'm greedy. I'm going to go four, but I'll be happy with a win regardless. But I want it to be a miserable experience <laughs> for 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 every yeah. Colorado Rapids fan and, of course, that ownership group. Oh, I'm uh, sure he watches every game. In, in, <laughs> but it's been great. Uh, look, I'm looking forward to it again, the idea to, to drop one of these weekly and really break down the match that was and spend a little bit of time talking about the future too. So any final thoughts before we sign off today? Yeah, don't forget, like, subscribe, uh, anywhere you get podcasts, and uh, spread the word. And, hey, we're South End supporters. If you're in the South End, 149, row two, come say hi. Yeah, I, I would I would hope to see some of you all. And, uh, and uh, again, really looking forward to uh, getting back out to City Park in a couple of weeks, uh, which will be nice. I'm still bummed that I had to miss this one, but – Thanks again for, for joining, Eric, uh, and, and, and talking through this with us. We're looking forward to doing this again. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Brendan in Section 149. This has been the South End Supporter Podcast. We'll see you next week.